from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are in business radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And in studio today, we have an all-male team. Dion and Matt will be steering the ship throughout this entire hour. So give us a call, 844-WHARTON, 844 Nine four two seven eight six six. Hey, the holidays are coming up, and we have a very exciting topic. If you're thinking about 2019 and what's going to be different for you in your career, you're going to want to stay tuned for this show because we welcome Kristen Cherry who is a career consultant, international speaker, trainer, and three-time author. She is the managing partner of UMAP LLC and the author of the new book, UMAP, Find Yourself, Blaze Your Path, Show the World. Welcome to Career Talk, Kristen. Thank you, Dr. Dawn. And I have to say I'm very impressed you were able to get that long title out. I think you're the first person to get it through without stumbling. <laughs> I've been practicing. I've been practicing. It's a great title. It, it has all the actual components. You figure out yourself, you blaze your path, and you show the world. I mean, what else do you need? So tell us what this is, Kristen. Tell us what UMAP is. So, yeah, a lot of people are confused about what UMAP actually is. So UMAP is a book for sure. It is based on my coaching process to really help people achieve career clarity and then execute a winning job search. And everything from discovering those four pillars of career satisfaction right through to what should I do next and how do I confidently explain that to people through networking and cover letters and my resume, my LinkedIn profile, and even job interviews. But it's also a report, so a 15-page report career profile and that's where people get a little confused they're like oh it's not just a book (laughs) yeah it's and and it's a great book it's very comprehensive and I think um you know one of the things that a lot of people want and I think you even highlight this in your book is that that we've become addicted to straight lines and and step by step and and so your book offers that but I think you know in some ways that mindset gets in our way that we go to school we get good grades we graduate we get a job so how how does this mindset play into your book in a positive way? And then how can it hinder job seekers when they're in the market? Well, I think it helps in a couple of ways that those path is appropriate for some people. Some people are wired for what we call a vertical um, advancement in their career. And so this book makes sense for those people. But it also um, helps people who feel like they've been trying to figure out what they want to do when they grow up and they're 45 years old. So um, there's a really interesting um, poem in the book that talks about this, that we have this mentality that we go to school, we get a job, we get promoted, we retire, life is grand. But what a lot of people don't realize is the exploration piece is huge in figuring out your path. What do I like? What do I don't like? And instead of feeling like frustrated by that, Take it as an experiment, and what are you learning through those experiences? And for, for example, I've career transitioned five times, and all of the things I did play into what I do now. So I look at it as building the skill set that I needed to take me where I am today. So I want to I want to tap into that, Kristen, because as you're talking and you're talking about how important the planning and, and enjoying the process and, you know, I, we, I, we talk on the show, clarity comes through action and that that is part of the process. What I'm imagining is when you buy that bookshelf from Ikea and you have the option of reading the instructions and laying out all the pieces or just diving in. And I think we are a just diving in kind of 
culture where, you know, we're left over with five screws and a crooked half backwards bookshelf. So um, so I think it's tough for us because we want to just dive in. We want to know that answer. We want to 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 start moving forward. And as we're on the cusp of 2019 and many people are thinking about finding a new new career, I think what we do know is what we don't want to do. So I think a lot of people know I'm done with this. I'm I'm ready to do something else. But but why is it so tough to figure out what a satisfying career path could be? Well, the main reason is is that it's hard to read the label when you're inside the jar. So we've been with ourselves our entire lives. So we don't really have an objective perspective about what are my natural talents? What are the skills I enjoy? What's important to me? And what am I passionate about? It's difficult for people to do that. And we live in such a noisy society, everything right now, do, do, do. And because of that, we really don't have the time and space we need to reflect on those things. We need to be intentional to do that. Yes, reflection is is something that has kind of gone gone away with our smartphones. It was funny, I just literally had a conversation in an elevator yesterday with, um, (laughs) I was getting on the eighth floor to go down and she popped off on the eighth floor but she was going down to the first floor because she was on her phone and I said are you sure you want to get off on this floor and we had this conversation about one day we actually stood in the elevator and looked around awkwardly because we didn't have our cell phones to to look at and and you know we actually reflected or thought or maybe you know actually talk to somebody but we don't do that anymore because we have our cell phones so so how do you kind of create that space, Kristen, to reflect? Well, first of all, it's about creating margin in our life. You're exactly right. I saw an interesting graphic recently that showed how much personal time people used to have before smartphones, and that's the time for relationships and self-care and reflection and things like that. And it's amazing. About 80% of that time has been pushed out through smartphones because it's very easy to just scroll our LinkedIn feed or what have you. So what I do with clients is I actually give them exercise, uh, exercises to do and make them put it on their calendar. If you don't schedule something, it's not happening. It's easy mm-hmm. to put things on a task list, but it's, it's so easy to forget them. So I, I tell people, be intentional by scheduling your margin, scheduling that time. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Kristen Sherry, who is the author of the new book, UMAP, Find Yourself, Blaze Your Path, and Show the World. And we are talking all about how to figure out what you want to do in 2019. If this is your year to change careers, you want to stay tuned to this because we're going to be talking about some tips all hour long. And if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are in studio live taking your phone calls 844-942-7866 or you can also tweet to at Dr. Don Graham. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, so you give a lot of exercises in the book, which I think is great because you go really deep, Kristen. And what I mean by that, for example, is you don't just talk about skills. You talk about a variety of different types of skills. You break it into four categories. And I think most people likely focus on what you may call the motivation or motivated skills, which are the ones we enjoy. But but what are burnout skills? Yeah, this is interesting because a lot of times people are doing their job, they're great at their job, and they're like, I don't understand what's wrong. I'm great at this job. These skills are in my wheelhouse, but I feel like I get I get hit by a bus at the end of every day. I'm so drained. And so this is really about your energy. And I'm not saying that to sound new agey. It truly is skills that are motivating for you. They don't take away from your energy. But burnout skills, you're going against the grain of what you naturally enjoy. So you're good at them, but you don't enjoy them. And so it drains your energy. And that's why people have the tight shoulders and the headache, and they just, their whole body aches, and they feel tired. They don't feel like going out anywhere after work because they're doing burnout skills every day. So what are some of the signs that that maybe people are are using burnout skills and they should be looking for a role that's a better fit for them? Well, first of all, Sunday dread. (laughs) Sunday rolls around and you start having this feeling in the pit of your stomach about going to work. That's your first hint. When your work days are ruining your weekend, you probably don't want to be there. The second sign is exactly what I said. Listen to your body. How does your body feel at the end of the workday? Now, if you're not 
a roofer were laying bricks, your body shouldn't hurt at the end of the day. If you have these tight shoulders and you just you feel very exhausted, you're having headaches frequently, that's a really good sign that you're doing burnout skills. Now, could it be, though, Kristen, that it's just one aspect of work? Like maybe you just have a micromanaging boss or maybe you have a colleague that just you know, gets under your skin, or maybe your commute is just terrible. I mean, could it be that that one thing overrides all of this? And it's not really, you need to make a job change, but you just need to fix maybe this one factor. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So when people feel anxiety about going to work, that's usually a values misalignment. So I value respect. And I have a coworker that I perceive treats me disrespectfully. So the different signs kind of link differently to which pillar of career satisfaction is being violated. So when people feel underwater at work, like they just, they can't really get ahead. They feel ill-equipped. Oftentimes it could be training, but usually that's, they're not, their strengths are not aligned to what they're expected to do. And if they have the crying on the drive home, (laughs) they're crying on the way to work. That's a big sign. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I had a woman on the phone one tell me she was breaking out in hives. That's, that's not a burnout skill thing. That's a values problem. What's most important to you is being violated either by the role of self, the manager you report to, or the workplace culture that you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're taking your calls all hour. We are live if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And we are here with expert guest Kristen Cherry, who is the author of the new book, You Map, Find Yourself, Blaze Your Path, and Show the World. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, are you on the cusp of a new career for 2019? Or maybe you want to be, but you're not really sure what to do, or maybe you've successfully transitioned into a career switch and you want to share your success story with the world, we want to hear from you, 844-942-7866. So Kristen, let's talk about values because that's a big part of, of your book. And I think sometimes people misunderstand what a value is, or sometimes they attribute values to themselves that aren't really their values, but they think they should be based on what, what society or others put on them. So can you tell us how you define values in the book you map? Yes. So, and you just introed that so beautifully when you said we have values that others have placed on us. So your values are quite simply what you deem most important to you. And it's difficult to know our identity, but our values are really the closest entry point we can get to answer the question, who am I? And I meet people all the time in careers and I look at how they're wired and what their interests are and the things they tell me. And they're doing this job that is just so far removed. And I ask them, why did you enter into this career? And they say, well, my mother said I should get a government job because it would offer me security and stability. <laughs> so we do their values exercise and they have values like adventure and being bold. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> and then I tell people this and they say, oh no, I feel like I've wasted my whole life. And I'm, I don't reveal these things for people to, to get depressed about it. It's never too late to make a change. But our values are so important. I got a phone call just last week, a 52-year-old gentleman, I'll call him Jack, and he said, I never knew why I was unhappy at work until I went through this values exercise. And he said, you helped me articulate that the leadership in my company do not value being kind and compassionate to our customers. And that's one of my top values. And he said, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. Values are the one thing that everyone skips when they consider their career. That's why I transitioned careers. I realized autonomy is my number two value. And so I kept changing jobs with different managers. And even though I had good boss relationships, 
I didn't like that I didn't have autonomy. And that's when I moved into entrepreneurship. Yeah, I think that's very well said, Kristen. I do think we can we can kind of put off our values for a short time, like say we're getting um, an advanced degree and we don't have as much time to do some other things. But you, you have to have an endpoint. You cannot be on a path where there's 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 just a mismatch with your values for very long because you will, you're, if, if not mentally, your body will express its dissatisfaction with that. Hey, 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. Hey, we've got a fantastic thing coming up for January called Career Talk Music. If you or maybe some of you know is an aspiring musician or band on the brink of stardom, Career Talk wants to help you launch your music career. For the month of January, we'll be playing clips of songs from new bands, including your group's name and social media handles so that listeners can find you. If you want to be considered, you can send an MP3 to careertalkmusic at gmail.com. And please remember that Career Talk is a PG-13 show, so no explicit content. If you want more information, you can check out my Twitter feed at Dr. Don Graham. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Sirius XM channel 132. We are here with Kristen Sherry, who is the author of the fantastic book, You Map, Find Yourself, Blaze Your Path, Show the World. And we're talking about... Right now, how to know if you are are even satisfied at work, if there's something that can be fixed, or if you just need to move on and find a new career. If you are thinking about this but not sure, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're taking your calls all hour long. Um, so one of the other things I thought that was interesting from your book is that there was a survey done that people are six times more engaged at work if they're using your strengths. And then the Gallup organization, Kristen, defined this as spending at least four and a half hours of your day absorbed in something that that is uh, a strength that you want to use or motivated skill. And so that's that's a really clear statistic. So how can we assess if we're spending at least four and a half hours doing this? Because we all have to do stuff we don't want to do. That's just life. But but how can you step back and reflect on that? Well, it's funny that you would ask that question, because at one point in my career, I wondered why I was such a procrastinator. But am I really this lazy of a person? I pride myself in being raised to be a hard worker. But I was in a position, and the day felt 14 hours long to me, and I found myself watching the clock. I'd go talk to people in their cube or go into the water cooler conversations. I was doing everything I could do to avoid doing my job. And after I went through all of this reflection myself, which led me to transition careers, I realized I was a disengaged worker. And when you say um, when you say disengaged worker, you just meant that what you were doing was not what you wanted to do. And how did you how did you figure out was your skills and not just something else? Well, I was good at my job, and I was always a top performer. I and I would feel guilty about that when I get ranked in the top quartile because I knew I wasn't putting in one hundred percent. And I knew all of those things. And I went for a walk with my mentor one day and he said, do you know what your values are? And I said, sure, I do. And he said, well, what are they? And I said, my family. And he smirked and he said, family isn't a value. And I thought, oh, I guess I don't even know what, what a value is, let alone what my values are. And so I went through this exercise of what's a time I felt fulfilled, satisfied and happy and what was it about that that made me feel fulfilled and satisfied and happy? And what did that give me? So when people say family, what does family give you? Maybe it gives you love and connection, a sense of belonging. That's really what you value. So for me, going through the exercises, it was the values that was the problem. I used my strengths in my job. I had the experience and I was good at the skills. And I wouldn't even say they were burnout skills. For, that's why my career satisfaction was so elusive to me. Because I, I, it didn't make sense why I wasn't fulfilled at work because I use skills I enjoy using, but I wasn't using them autonomously and my other value is making a difference in people's lives and I didn't see how my work was doing that. Yeah, I want to I want to tag on to that because there's something else in the book that I think I think 
I want listeners to think about how you got into your current career path. How did you get on the job track or career track that you're on? Is it that that you were encouraged to do it? Was it just happenstance, you know, right time, right place? Was it necessity that this is something you you just needed um, to get cash? Was it convenience? Was it a combination of these things? Because I think when you step back, a lot of us forget how we even got onto our career path. And then we're going along. And like you said, Kristen, you're doing well and you're moving up and you're getting awards or you're getting good performance reviews. And you're thinking, well, I guess this is a good deal because I'm making more money now and it's it's stable. I'm good at it. But I think when you step back and you think about how did I even get on this path and is this the ladder I want to be on for the next 20 plus years or however long you're working? Because that can be a really good indicator of you know, some of these things that you're talking about is if this is the right path, or maybe it was the right path at one time, but either because of things that have changed in your life, or because of new jobs that that exist now that didn't exist. Now, there are better ladders for you to be on. So hey, if you're listening, give us a call and tell us how you got on your career path. Was it was it because someone encouraged you to move in this direction, happenstance, necessity, convenience. What was it? And um, are you still on the right ladder? 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So the Dream Team has put together a fun little song for the holidays to thank all of our listeners and supporters for tuning into Career Talk every Thursday at noon Eastern and, and listening to us on iTunes and Google Play. And we want to share that with you. We're just going to share a snippet, though, because the song is quite long, but it also has some great career advice. So so please feel free to follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, and you can get the whole song, and you can share it with all of your friends, probably much to Dion's chagrin. But take a listen. The 11 step of job search that earned success for me, thanking those who helped me sleeping before signing, unique selling points, inside referrals, second level contacts, using action verbs. One more time. No. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to catch the whole song, you can find it on Twitter. And um, it has all the great advice from Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success, my new book that's out this year, which is also a great gift that you can get on Amazon for a college grad, for somebody who's going to an encore career, or just somebody who wants some great reading over the holidays. Hey, you're listening to Series XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with Kristen Sherry, who is the author of another fabulous book, You Map, Find Yourself, Blaze Your Path, Show the World. And we're talking all about how we got on our career paths. Dion, I'm curious how you got on your career path. Um, I majored in audio production at Howard. Um, I got an internship at XM and then they brought me on a couple of minutes, a couple of, a couple of minutes later, a couple of months later. And I've been here you know, pretty much ever since had, had some, some dropouts here and there. Things happen. Life happens. Life happens. You know. <laughs> so I think, I, I, Kristen, you could you could share um, just from your research, but I mean, I think that's pretty unusual that that somebody studies something in school and ends up staying on that path. I mean, I know Dion loves this job. He's so good at it. I'm here every day. Yeah, <laughs> and he's fantastic at it. Is that is that the norm now? Because I know a lot of students worry. What if I major in something and I, I don't? There's not a career in it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm glad you actually brought that up because this is something that we do not address well. Two-thirds of students actually regret their choice of major, and that's a survey of recent graduates. Now, I think the main reason, well, there are two main reasons. Number one, they really don't know themselves, so they don't know what jobs fit them. And the second thing is the barriers to entry 
all of these job descriptions that require one year minimum experience or three years of experience. I have a client right now in that situation. This guy is a recent grad. He's having a hard time finding a job because of that minimum experience, and they keep hiring people who have experience over him. But, I mean, he's a great candidate. He speaks three languages. He did an internship in China for a year. He's an amazing human being. But people get hung up on this one year of experience. And so I think when, they, when students say, hey, I'm not getting a job, they point at the major that's the problem when really our entire recruiting process is currently broken. Yeah, and in the book you talk about, there's one section that talks about, um, and and this is for maybe new grads, but it's also for anybody who's maybe mid-career and wants to make a switch, that one of the things that can be a major hurdle is the industry jargon that's kind of binding them to, to their, they can't see where else they can fit because there's so much jargon. I thought this was really insightful. Can you explain that a little bit more to our listeners, Kristen? Yeah. See, first of all, a lot of people don't realize Corn Ferry International did a massive global study, and they found that 85% of skills are transferable from job to job. And I tell people that, and they don't believe me because they say people won't even look at me. Well, let me give you an example. I worked with a woman a couple of years ago who was an adjunct faculty in a college. And she was trying to get into training and development in the corporate world. And four recruiters told her, you will never transition. You don't understand the corporate world. Well, if you looked at her resume, she was saying things like students and classes. And I said, no, we call this instructor-led training, adult learners. You have to use the language of the industry that you're trying to go into because if you use your jargon, it closes that person's mind off. You're foreign to us. We don't understand you, and you don't understand us. So what is the transferable skill? If you're teaching or training, it doesn't matter who. If you are negotiating, it doesn't matter who with. If you are selling, it doesn't matter if you are selling coffee. So don't mention the products. Don't mention the services. Don't mention the technologies if they're not relevant. Yeah, I think this is this is a tough one. Um, you used a great analogy before that. Uh, in all honesty, I had to stop and think about that. You can't see the label from inside the jar. Um, but I'm with you now on that. Uh, it's difficult to to understand ourselves in a different way because our jobs become such a major part of our identity that we can't see how those skills can can be transferable to another. So, I mean, one of the things that, that I just kind of took from your book that I'm thinking that everybody should do if you're looking to switch is – pretend that whatever the product or service you're doing, what you're doing is, you know, whether it's coffee or or widgets or a service, just pretend it's, 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 you know, completely different product and see if you can apply that to a completely different product because you you probably can if 85% of your skills are transferable. And this might be something that you you get help from a coach to do as well, somebody who can see you more objectively. Do you have any other tips, Kristen, about how people can step outside themselves and see themselves differently? I'm glad you asked because I do. <laughs> the first tip I have is Pull down job descriptions. It doesn't matter if they're in a different state than where you live, but start looking at a lot of job descriptions for the type of role or industry you're looking to go into and what are the what is the language that they use. So if you say risk mitigation and they say risk management in that industry, don't put risk mitigation in your skills and qualifications section on your resume. So look at the language that they're using in that industry. The second thing to do is find someone in that industry, leverage your network. Who do you know that knows someone in that role or in that industry? And ask them if they would be willing to look at your resume and alert you to any alarm bells that go off on your resume for some of the jargon that you're using or the keywords that are off-putting. Hey, is the jargon in your resume preventing you from seeing other possibilities? Call us. We want to help you get through this. We can help you change the jargon on your resume. We can help you with your LinkedIn. We can help you to make a successful switch. And I think this is so important, Kristen, because this is what gets in a lot of people's way. I can't tell you how many people come in with tremendous skills. One great example is is military to civilian switches. Such 
unbelievable responsibility given to these these servicemen and women and and the key is translating that jargon into something that a company can easily see where it fits into the organization 844-942-7866 if you have some jargon on your resume and you want to see where else it might apply give us a call 844-942-7866 but right now it is time for our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. By age 60, most people have lost half of these. By age 60, most people have lost half of these. If you think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 132. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM. Channel 132, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we're taking your calls right now, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And if you missed the pre-break quiz before the break, here it is again. By age 60, most people have lost half of these. If you think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866, and we will answer that in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to reintroduce Kristen Sherry, who is a career consultant, international speaker, trainer, and three-time author. And we are talking today all about her new book, UMAP, Find Yourself, Blaze Your Path, Show the World. And hey, Kristen, where can people reach you if they want more information? So they can reach me at Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, at myumap.com. And I always love uh, uh, to connect to new people on LinkedIn. They can find me at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Kristen Sherry. Fantastic. And if you're an aspiring musician or band, don't forget... We are taking your submissions for Career Talk Music in January. We're going to be selecting bands that want to be played on national radio. So if you email your MP3 clip and social media handles to careertalkmusic at gmail.com, we will be reviewing those over the break and playing those live on national radio, Sirius XM 132, in the new year. But let's go ahead and answer our pre-break quiz. By age 60, most people have lost half of these, and we are going to go right to callers. We're going to start with TJ in Santa Barbara. What's your answer? All right. How are you doing, Dr. Don? I actually have two answers. Oh, um, you have two. Two, I don't know. Dion, is that two. allowed? You got you to gotta go through Dion for that. I'm sure they're both wrong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh slam, TJ. Slam. All right, all right. All right. So, so I'm coming from the, the fitness industry and All right. an observation of my clients. What they tell me is they say by the time they hit 60, they've lost most of the people they've grown up with or friends. Oh, wow. So 50% of their friends, they don't, they don't have their friends anymore at 60, at least half of them. Oh, man, that's, that's very one. sad, TJ. All right, what's your second <laughs> hey, one? This is, I hope your second one's second cheerier. One is, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's core muscles. Muscle fibers, you're losing your glutes and your abdominals. And this is the main reason we go into bad posture. We bump into things as we get older. I think that happens earlier, TJ. I'm kind of feeling that. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Too bad you're in Santa Barbara. Move, move to Santa Barbara. I got you covered. I know. So, okay, friends and muscle, muscle, what? Core muscles. Core muscles. Core muscles. Core muscles. You're, you know what? You're probably right on both. Unfortunately, those are not mm. the answers I'm looking for, TJ. <laughs> That's but, not the ones you, that, but, that you have written down. <laughs> yeah, I know. But as you know, if you listen to this show, there's usually multiple answers, and um, that's what makes the quiz so hard. But here's the thing. It is something physical. So I will, I will give you that. Your second answer is much closer than your first one, TJ. Um, okay. But, 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 but yeah, but I'm going to go home and do some, some sit-ups. And you've inspired me. So thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, we're going to go to Monique in Oakland. Monique, what is your answer? By age 60, most people have lost half of these. 
Monique. I'm saying they've lost half of their teeth. <laughs> they've lost half their real teeth. And so they're, wow. Um, <laughs> Deanne's laughing. <laughs> it's not teeth, but I will say it is something physical. So you are, you're, you're, you're actually even closer Closer to the right answer than TJ was. So so we're actually moving in the direction. I'm saying this all to give Dion some some good hints here. So Monique said teeth. That's not exactly right, but she's she's getting very close. Dion, what do you think? See, I've, I pay attention to how you worded the, the question. And I'm going to say, I don't know if this is how you lose your hair, but I'm going to say hair follicles. Hair follicles, because I said these. Because you said these. Mm-hmm. That's probably true, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the answer I'm looking for. But So now we have, like, I'm just imagining people walking around with no hair, no teeth, no friends, and no core <laughs> muscles. It's very, very sad. That, that, that's a sad state of existence. <laughs> my, my answer is not that bad. Um, Matt, do you, have, do you have an answer you want to... You want to share? Bring us home. Uh, we're gonna go with taste buds. You're right. Wow. Wait, wait what? He's right. He's right. He comes on the show once <laughs> and he nails it. Show? This is. Hey, I don't know. Beginner's luck. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Where did you, Where did you read that, man? <laughs> yeah, me and you, Matt. We are on the same wavelength. Wow. Yeah. By age sixty, most people have lost half of their taste buds. You're born with nine thousand taste buds which work in tandem with your sense of smell. Your sense of smell and taste change as you age. Between the ages of 40 and 50, the number of taste buds decreases and then the rest shrink, losing mass that are vital to operation. And I'm saying that because, you know, we're coming up on the holidays and you want to be able to to know these things anyway. Um, wow. <laughs> Kristen, did, did you have an answer? I mean, Matt, Matt kind of nailed it. Yeah, Dion took my hair follicles. See, see, it was a good answer. It no, it was a good answer. I mean, TJ and Monique's answers are really good too. I mean, they're probably all true, but I was looking for taste buds. Hey, eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. I'm realizing I need to give better hints, um, or I just need better quiz questions. Wait, you're real? We've told you you need better I know, hints. I know. <laughs> this isn't new. <laughs> I got to find somebody to coach me on this. If anybody coaches people on pre-break quiz questions, call me eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Hey, we're here talking with Kristen Sherry, who is the author of the new book UMAP. Find yourself, blaze your path show the world if you're looking for a new career path in 2019 you are going to want to get this book it will help you figure out where you want to go so Kristen um, there's a part of the book that refers to a person's unique contribution so you know I call this your unique selling point but I find that when I ask people about what's your unique selling point or your unique unique contribution it's really difficult for them to think of something can you tell listeners what that is and how you can figure out what yours is yeah absolutely so really your unique contribution is simply what you do best that other people need most and it is a difficult process for people but if you go through the reflection you have a lot of great information but I ask people this question when I meet them what do you do best that others need most and it's very interesting the answers I get. People will say things like, I'm a hard worker. I'm good with people. Um, They'll say, I'm very professional. And I'll say, well, let me ask you a question. Would you ever hire someone who is unprofessional, was not good with people? And they start laughing. They see where I'm going with that. We tend to say cost of admission traits, like the the traits that people want everyone to have. So uh, including those, what do you do above and beyond that? So when you go into a setting, are you the person that quickly identifies the problem and generates a solution ahead of other people? What do you do better than your peers? What are the things that people say to you over and over and over again, whether it's customers or coworkers or your manager, your family and friends? What are those words that people say over and over and over again? And what is the impact that has? You can't forget the impact. You have to share the value that you bring. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about the skills. It's what what does that what result does that produce for Absolutely. the potential employer? Mm-hmm. So so unique 
contribution can be a variety of things. It can be be a combination of skills. It can be something that's maybe a personality trait that, that you're really good at. Maybe you're very technically oriented, but you're also very good at communicating um, and breaking down complex uh, jargon into understandable language. Or maybe you have a, a different career in your past that could contribute to the career you're going in. And we always say on Career Talk, match first, stand out second, because you want to show the employer how you are a, a good match for the job. But then they're going to ask as you get to the final rounds, well, what makes you unique? And you want to have that answer. So are there any other examples that you've come across, Kristen, for people who are listening and thinking, wow, I don't really have have anything unique or, you know, everything I do, you know, is, is pretty common. What are some of the other ways they can think about this to come up with their unique contribution? So I worked with someone once who was a CPA. She was an accountant and she managed people. And you have these stereotypes about technical people that work with numbers. But one of the things that was unique about her was she loved to develop people. She was a natural mentor and trainer and coach. And that's pretty unusual in an accounting environment for people to be like, okay, so what, what's your career path look like and how can we give you stretch opportunities? And uh, usually people are just heads down in those environments. And so her unique contribution was that she had this uncommon blend of strong process but also strong people orientation. She calls herself a social introvert. I have clients who are really big picture thinkers and that are very strategic and imaginative, but they have this unusual ability to pull vision through to reality. Most big picture thinkers are not good at implementation. And so she was good at both those things. Yeah, and so sometimes... Wanna, go ahead. No, I was going to say, sometimes we get, we get so good at what we do, we don't even see it as a unique skill. We, we just see it as an everyday skill. So sometimes it helps, I think, to ask others. Maybe even do like a mini 360, send out 10 emails and say, what, you know, what are my top three strengths or what, are, what, are, what is my unique contribution? I mean, see what other people see in you that you may not see. I think can be a very helpful way to figure that out as well. So, um, Kristen? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. What you just said is, is they think what they do is uneventful because it's easy to and so when something is natural, like our skill, our talents are, we tend to downplay them. I think we're... Gallup, yeah, Gallup has actually quantified this. Only one in 33 million people have the same top five strengths. So you can ask people. Kristen? Kristen, I think we're I think we're losing Kristen a little bit, but hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Sirius XM channel 132. Hey, we're taking your calls all hour long. If it's Thursday noon Eastern, 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. Hey, if you're not following me on Twitter and Instagram, it's easy, at Dr. Don Graham. And hey, I want to give you a switcher's tip of the day. Don't compare your start to someone else's PK. If you're just starting out on a new role, it's really easy to want to compare yourself to people who've been doing it for a number of years because we obviously want to learn from these individuals and we obviously want to to structure our path in a similar way. But the danger with that is that sometimes we go back and we start to say, I'm not as good as or I'm not. Well, of course you're not. If you're just starting something new, then you're not going to be good as people who've been doing it for a while. So keep at it, keep focused, and keep measuring your progress against yourself and you will get there. Hey, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. Hey, if you haven't heard about Career Talk Music, if you're a band or aspiring musician on the brink of stardom, Career Talk wants to help you make your career dream a success. For the month of January, we'll be playing clips of songs from new bands as segment intros, including your group's name and social media handle so that listeners can find you and if you'd like your music to be considered and potentially played on Sirius XM channel 132 you can email your mp3 clip and social media handles to careertalkmusic at 
gmail.com. And please remember that Career Talk is a PG-13 channel, so no explicit content. And for more information, you can check out my Twitter feed at Dr. Don Graham. All right. So we are here with Kristen Sherry, who is the author of the new book, UMAP, Find Yourself, Blaze Your Path, Show the World. So Kristen, let's just say you pick a new path and you're not getting support from either your parents or your spouse or the people around you. How do you handle that? Well, one of the things that you have to do is arm yourself with the data and in the information. And so you say, I understand that you want what's best for me, but if I follow in the footsteps of what you're asking me to do, I'm going to struggle. I probably won't perform well in that role. I may be fired, and I certainly could have health consequences for being in a role that I'm not wired to do well. And when that person hears those things, you can shift. They care about you, which is the reason why they're sharing your opposition. But when you say, here are the things that are most important to me. Here are the talents that people are telling me I have. And those don't align with the the guidance that you're giving me. And so it's really going to set me up to be a mediocre performance in the workplace. And I don't want that for myself. What about, um, and this is just a reality of life, what about the money issue? I mean, especially if you're responsible for taking care of a family or you're the the primary breadwinner. I mean, making a a big switch can have an impact on that. So, I mean, it, it makes sense why others may be less excited about it, Kristen. Yeah, I mean, we they're invested in our choices as well. So one of the things I tell people is if you're going to make a switch, what you have to do is set aside six months of expenses, and that might take you some time to do. You might need a two-year transition plan. And then you say to the person, tell me what your top one or two concerns are with what I'm proposing, and what would it take to alleviate those concerns? Allow that person to share their concerns, and what would it take? And see if you can meet them somehow in a compromise. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Kristen Sherry, and we're talking all about her great new book, UMAP, and how to figure out what you want to do in the new year. If you're thinking it's time for a career change, you definitely want to pick up this book book you map find yourself blaze your path and show the world 844 wharton 844-942-7866 so kristen in the book you talk about informational interviews and and i knew this is this is um, common career advice that many people hear about but it can be a little intimidating for people to to reach out and ask for help so I, i want to ask you a question what happens if you get conflicting advice so say you're following this this um you know, career advice and you go out there and you, you're asking people, but they're all telling you something different in terms of, yes, you should do it. No, you shouldn't. You need to do this. You don't need to do that. How do you how do you kind of uh, dissect that and figure out what the real deal is? Well, my first advice is don't listen to people who tell you what to do. No, you shouldn't do this. Yes, you should do that. The people who you should listen to the most are the people who ask good questions. Well said. So, Yeah. <laughs> But people want to tell you what to do. And actually, people want people to tell them what to do. And I think you're spot on. People go out and they say, well, here's my background. What do you think I should do? And I think as as job seekers, we need to stop this. Because one, it's not someone else's responsibility to tell you what to do. And two, of course, they're going to tell you from their lens with their values and their interests because we're human beings and that bias is just within us. So I love what you just said about, about you know, it's the questions. So- so if somebody's having an informational interview, how can you tell? Because I see this a lot, Kristen. If somebody's just giving you advice to be nice or if somebody's really telling you the truth. Because I've I've seen too many people get advice that, you know, really steered them in the wrong direction because the person just didn't want to be mean and, and tell them the truth. Well, I think it's really important to set expectations up front of what you're looking for from this conversation. Look, I'm in an exploratory phase right now. I'm considering A, B, and C. And how you can help me most is by giving me the honest truth because telling me what you think I would want to hear isn't going to help me. So if you think that, you know, as a hiring manager in this field, that they just, this would never, I would never be able to bridge this gap to go into this line of work, I need you to tell me why or at least tell me what you think the barriers are and let me assess if I'm willing, if it's feasible and desirable for me to try and close those gaps. 
844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. We're talking about UMAP and how to figure out what you want to do for 2019. So for informational interviews, um, Kristen, I think there's like two types. There's one, I don't know what I want to do yet. And then there's one, I know what I want to do. And it's kind of more in the job search stage. Are there differences that you would advise people as they're networking, depending on what stage of the search they're in? Well, I really think that people should at least do some investigative work up front so that they are not wasting people's time just, well, I'm going to go talk to a pharmacist, I'm going to go talk to an accountant. Because if you discover that you're not even wired for that work in the first place, you're, you're really wasting your time and their time. So you want to maybe have three things you're considering or two things you're considering and you're trying to choose between the two. And, and an informational interview is why I'm not a neurologist. I went and spoke with a neurologist, and he told me what a typical day was like. I don't ask him what do you like or not like about your job because I'm not wired like that person. And so he said, well, you won't spend a lot of time with your family, and you get on call in, in weekends and holidays and at night. And that was all I needed to hear to know that that wasn't for me. The, the environmental variables weren't a fit for me. Forget about the skills of the job. Yeah, I think that's important advice that you kind of have to try something on before diving all in because a lot of times we we hear a title or we see something maybe in a movie or on TV and we we imagine we understand what that career is like. But when you ask the question about what's your day to day, it makes a big difference in in what they say. So um, so your advice then, Kristen, is, is really asking about the day to day and finding out assuming you've already looked at your values and your interests, if that overlays with your UMAP. <laughs> that was a, a really brilliant thing you just said about people assume what the job is like. I was at my family party and my 17-year-old cousin was there and she said, I want to be a pharmacist. And I said, oh, why is that? And she said, well, I love math and chemistry. And I said, okay, well, I just want to share with you some things that I've learned about working with pharmacists. You, you spend your day with people. It's a people job, and people in a kiosk are telling you about the rashes they have and what you recommend they put on it. You're not going to be doing a lot of chemistry experiments. <laughs> you know, it's a people job and a data job. So how does that sound to you? And she just kind of got this look on her face like, well, you've shattered my dreams. A <laughs> dream crusher. Really understand where does the rubber meet the road? How am I going to spend my day? Yeah, you pretty much you lost me at rash. We're like we're done here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up, Kristen, what is what is kind of um, you're thinking about some general advice for people who are going into the new year and thinking about maybe it's time to make a change and I'm not sure what I want to do. What what is what is some of the advice you want to give to our listeners about? how they can approach this? The best advice I can give is consistent messaging. I want you to think about brands like Coke or Nike. You have a, a vision in your mind about what those brands represent, and you are a brand as well. What do people say about you when you're not in the room? And so what you want to make sure you do is tell a consistent story when you're networking with people in your cover letters, in your resume, in your LinkedIn profile, the stories you choose to tell in the job interview. You want to have this consistent brand messaging. If you're a strategic innovator that initiates change and brings about innovation in an organization, people better get that feel about you across all of your job search materials. And I would say this, the second thing I would say is, in addition to having a consistent brand, you really want to make sure that um, everything that you do is where you're trying to go. You're not telling stories about where you were. So everything needs to be connected with where your destination is. So when I career transitioned from an IT job, I didn't tell IT stories. I told stories about how I created onboarding programs and developed an IT newsletter because I was mo moving into L&D. Tell stories about where you're going, not where you were. Well said, Kristen. I couldn't have ended it on a, on a better note. Kristen Cherry's new book, You Map, Find Yourself, Blaze Your Path, Show the World. One last time, Kristen, where can people find you if they'd like more information about you or your book? K-R-I-S-T-I-N at myumap.com or find me on LinkedIn. I'm the one in North Carolina. <laughs> and be sure to send a personalized 
LinkedIn invite so that Kristen knows where you heard her. Hey, thank you so much, Kristen. This has been fantastic. Your book is fabulous. I recommend it to everybody who is looking to make a career change or a gift for somebody who you think might be looking to make a career change. And of course, to our listeners and callers and also Dion and Matt, thank you for making this show so fun. And I wanted to wish everybody happy holidays as we close out 2018. We here at Career Talk love what we do. We love coming to you and we look forward to seeing you in the new year. You've been listening to SiriusXM channel 132 and we will see you next time.